Hello guys, welcome to the Creation Footy Podcast. I'm Lou, aka Croatian Football, and I'm joined by Herman. Hi guys, welcome. Well, how are you today? Uh, I'm excited to, to start with this because we had so many technical problems with the app and the podcast. So I'm uh, my fingers are crossed that we go smoothly with this one. Yeah, me too. So <laughs> let's start off by saying this. Uh, we are currently in between rounds, in between the la- this round, of course. We have two games remaining in between Gorica and Rijeka and Osijek Dinamo, the game of the round, basically. Yeah. So, let's speak a li- little little about them. Uh, let's first have score predictions. Let's see this. Uh, Dinamo, Osijek, at Gradski Vrt. Well, I think that uh, quality of Dynamo, and, and I'm putting aside that, that I'm uh, born and raised in Zagreb, and I, I support Dynamo. I think that I'm pretty objective if I say that Dynamo quality is far above the levels of uh, high NL, and it it is now thing about the motivation and whether Bielica can motivate his team to to perform. Osijek away is a challenging fixture and I expect that Dynamo can show their real face over there and I will say 2-0 for Dynamo in Osijek today. 2-0? Okay. Yeah. Well, you? My prediction is 1-0. 1-0 for Dynamo because, as you said, the quality of Dynamo is just over the over basically everyone. But... Osijek have a good team, obviously, especially with the top goal scorer in the league, Maric. Mm-hmm. But I just don't see Osijek kind of putting a great challenge. As uh, Maybe you saw the Dino Gurgic's uh, review on Maric because uh-huh. he has missed a lot of big chances, a lot of big one-on-one chances, clear-cut chances, and basically he isn't that good of a scorer. Yes, he has scored 15 goals, but uh, he has missed a loss. He He's not as clinical as he should be. Yeah, well, you can you can talk about his experience here because he's not a very experienced player. He reminds me a lot of uh, Mario Mandzukic, at least physically. And, okay. and, yeah. we, and we know that, that in his peak years, Mandzukic wasn't such a perfect goal scorer, but he had some other qualities as well. But I don't see Mirko Maric doing a much damage to, to Dinamo defense. Yeah. Despite Dinamo the fact defense. that he is the top goal scorer at the moment. Yeah. Dinamo are, yeah, as I said, 1-0. They are just going to edge through one goal and that's it. Now I, or I, I'm hoping two, yeah. and I'm hoping that Petkovic will, will <laughs> score two goals because he deserves a good transfer in in, in the summer, and, and I think he's a really really good striker. Okay, Petkovic is a topic for another day, especially yeah, yeah. with the transfers. Yeah. So let's turn around and speak about Rijeka and Goritz. Let me start off this okay. because you started off the last one. Um, my prediction is one-one. I actually think Goita is going to end up with a point because they showed their quality against Dynamo last round, especially with how they played until that red card. 
And near the end, they actually Lovic had a good chance where they could have scored a goal, but they didn't. And Rijeka, yeah, as you said before in the preparation, uh, they lost against Lokomotiva, and that means they struggle against teams that are fast on, on the counter, especially especially as Lokomotiva had Kastrati and Zuni. Kastrati that day was amazing, and especially they scored two goals from counter. Now, uh, as I said, 1-1. Let's see your prediction. Well, when I think about Goritz, I, I always compare it with uh, the Leicester team in Premiership in the season 2015-2016 yeah. when they won the, the championship. It's incredible for Goritz in the last two years. You always see, oh, they're good. They're having good results. But this is not something that is not going to last for a long time. They will, fight, they will struggle to, to, be, to stay in the top division. But... It's been almost two years now and uh, you can see that there is some real quality in this team and especially in the board, in the management because they are attracting good players, they have a good coach and they are now performing two years in a row and you cannot say that this is the team in the range of, let's say, Istra uh, or Inter Zapresic. They are much better than, than those teams. Rijeka is good, and I'm going to agree here with you, and I'm going to say 1-1, the same result as you predicted. Well, yeah, Gorica has been spectacular these last two years, and uh, they sold uh, Mia this summer, so... Yeah, it's going to show that a lot of of players are going to go, especially Lovric and and Diaye. You have, uh, yes, yeah, Zvonlikski left, yeah. Maslovski left. No, no, yeah, they both left. Zvonlikski and Maslovski left. So, but this is, and they have a, is, yeah, yeah, continue. Sorry, sorry this is uh, the evidence that this club is able to find the talent, promote it through the, the season or half a season, and make additional. Uh, Additional man money on on the worth of the player because this is something that Dinamo is doing in the last fifteen years. They take a young player, they give him chance, and they sell him for for much more. And I think this is the big advantage of Gorica because someone over there obviously knows how to do business. Yeah. So let's speak about the the previous results of this round. Uh, let's start off with the Valentine's Day fixture between Lokomotiva and Istra, where Lokomotiva got a win with a brace from Uzuni. What do you think about that game? Like, what are your thoughts? This is the 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 result and the the match that you could easily predict. I think Lokomotiva is a much better team with much better source of quality players. Istra is struggling seasons, seasons after seasons. Every season they have a, a fight how to stay up in this division and not to be relegated. So in the end, you could knew the result even before the match. And it's just... 
additional 90 minutes for Lokomotiva youngsters to get experience and to try to improve before their next transfer. And we know, we all know what is their next club. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's controversial, but yeah. <laughs> it is controversial, but it, it, it's the well-known path in, in Croatia for, for those players. Yeah, especially yeah. with the teams around Dinamo when yeah. everyone basically goes. Yeah. Your thoughts? Is this result a surprise for you? No, it's not a surprise because Lokomotiva basically are the team that will fight for the for a, for a European spot, basically. Well, at least, as you said, they struggle for for staying up every season, they played the playoffs, the promotion relegation playoffs the last two seasons, and they won, so they stay in the league. But so they are they are, they are still good enough <laughs> for the yeah, top yeah. division. Yeah, they're they're a little bit better than the champ than the runners up of the second final. So they proved themselves yeah. themselves in the last two games. So yeah. Now the next game is gonna be Hajduk Bel- Slavin Belopa that play that was played yesterday uh-huh. for us. Where Slavin Belopa, uh, let's say, surprised Hajduk with a two-one win in the last minutes with a great goal from Kristanovic. The Kristanovic at a very old age is still scoring goals. So... Yeah, I think he's thirty-seven, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, 37. Yeah, yeah, he's 37. He has yeah. scored 97 goals. 97. Yeah. Yeah. Close to 100. So he's, you can say he's good. Yeah, he, he, he is a good player. I think that the turning point of this match was that uh, red card for Stanko Juric because. Yeah, the second yellow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Hajduk had a lead, had a control. And then everything collapsed by this red card. And I have to say, it, it is a bit unlucky for Hajduk. But the fact is that season by season, they have they are having problems with away matches like, like this in Komprivnica. Yeah, in the terms of away matches for Hajduk, they only won two. And two, and those two were against Varerdi, the promoted yeah. side from the second yeah. final this season. So they... From away from home, they aren't good. You can just say it. And it was interesting to see the first minutes in Heinel for Jeffren, the ex Barcelona player yeah. who joined Slavin Belopo. This is something that is uh, both bizarre and unique for for our league to have a ex Barcelona player who scored in El Clasico playing for uh, Slavin Belopo. Do you of think all that the teams he's playing for Slavin Belopo? Of all yeah. the teams. Yeah. You could say that his his career didn't de- develop in a way that he was imagining in the beginning. Well, yeah, he yeah. he was in Barcelona at a very young age. He was uh, from 2005 to 2011. So, uh-huh. and from that, he basically went from club to club. And as you said, he hasn't had the best career. Yeah, but he had a better career than me and you. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's having a better career. <laughs> we should invite him for this podcast once. Yeah. yeah well, we'll see if Jeffrey's gonna. <laughs> well, he will. Yeah. He will. He would have interesting stories for sure. Well, 
somebody asked him because he played against Hajduk. You remember the 100th birthday of Hajduk? Yeah, when Burkic uh, not made the Iniesta. <laughs> yeah, that was that. <laughs> and Jeff actually came on in the second half. He played the rest of the game, and uh-huh. somebody asked him when he came to Slavon, do you, do you remember the game against Hajduk? He, he just answered, put Hajduk. Did I play against them? I did? Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, he yeah. doesn't remember that. So, yeah. Yeah. So, the ne- so the last game we are going to review is the top luck debut against his old team with Varazdin, where he beat Inter Zapresic with a 2-0 win, a, ga- a great comeback from being 1-0 down with goals from Benko and Glavicic. Yeah, this is uh, this is an interesting result if you take in, into consideration uh, the top luck situation. So, uh, away match they're losing one nil, and they managed to, to to switch the the game into their favor. It is crazy, but one thing is constantly on my mind is top luck was a coach of Inter for a long time. Yeah, he well, knew a lot of things about them, and I think he he used this, which is, in the end, a fair point. And it it, it isn't something illegal, but it's yeah, just... it, it, it isn't illegal. Let's just point. It's but it's a, it's a sweet sweet win for him for sure, and I'm I'm I have no doubt he's delighted about this. I'm not sure what was the story about the internet and wh- why they went separate ways, but. I like Toplak because some interviews he had as a, a inter coach were brutally honest. I don't know if you remember uh, yeah, yeah. him they're, saying they're... Miss Modabili, which is, <laughs> yeah. uh, he just uh, he's just he goes straight to the point. Yeah, yeah. We are good or we're shit. That's yeah, great. Yeah, great yeah. And I think we miss a lot of characters like Toplak in 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 the public in, in general because he's very honest he also mentioned uh, when Dinamo played Manchester City they were parking the bus in front of the goal and he he posted on Facebook this is how Inter plays on Maximir it's not <laughs> it's, it's not the thing that you pick you have to play like this to to avoid the humiliation so i like Toplak and I'm happy he got three points. Do you think uh, these three points for Varazdin are a surprise for you? Well, no, they aren't because I predicted actually the Varazdin win on my account. Mm-hmm. Because, I, as you said, he knows the inside, inside out because he, of course, was there for a lot of years. I don't, I don't even remember how much. But, yeah, I predicted it. And, as you see, I predicted it correctly. Yeah. Luno Stradamus. <laughs> yeah. Well, as we are on the point of Varazdin, let's talk the transfers of Varazdin. They have brought in um, Teklic from Hajdukan alone. Uh-huh. A good young player that played the whole game against Inter and was good. He was good. And do you think the Hajduk youngsters, the Hajduk youngster is going to develop out Varazdin or not? Well, I'm not sure. I think that the Varazdin area is uh, certainly a bit peaceful environment for, for young players because being a Hajduk player in split and being a young player, it's, it is hard because the, 
expectations of fans are really high. I mean, Hajduk has the by far the most is is the most popular uh, club if you go if you want to count the attendance on on their matches. So the pressure is high, and I think that playing in Varaždin that would and this will enable him to get more minutes. I don't see any any bad point of this loan for him. Well, but, I remember Teklic, well, I think you may remember Teklic by scoring the goal against Trieka in their 1-1 draw uh, mm-hmm. through Ivica last year. And I don't know which round, but a great goal. A great goal from outside the box. Just a great goal. But I think he could have stayed at Hajduk, obviously. Tudor hasn't have him in his plans, so... But I think he could have gone to a better team, not Varazin, but we'll see how that goes around for him. I mean, it's it's a six months. You you cannot lose much yeah. in six months. If he is going to yeah. play all the time, I don't see any big damage here. I mean, we we had in 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 the history of Hainel players like Modric, Eduardo, and Chorluka playing in Inter Zaprešić, which was considered as a weak team, and they end up. Uh, pretty well so these guys need just minutes to get the experience and I think this is a okay choice yeah let's stay on the topic of Hajduk um, they have brought in Dimitrov from Bulgaria he played the 90 minutes against Slime Blopo and if you ask me he was okay still has a lot of proof of course but he was okay definitely a good player a young prospect yeah they said they say he's the best Bulgarian defender after Trifon Ivanov, which is a big yeah. statement. Uh, Bulgarian football has some serious, serious issues over the last 10 years, maybe even more. And it, it's a big country. A, a country with a bigger population, almost double than Croatia. And if you just look at the odds, it makes sense that they have to produce some quality players. And I hope he will be a good addition to to Hajduk team. Yeah. So let's speak about the other central defender that came to split this winter. It's Nikad Mujakic. Nikad Mujakic. He came from uh, Belgium, but he played for Sarajevo. That's basically where, he, where his career developed. Well, yeah, the, 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 I didn't look uh, much uh, in uh, about this game in uh, in uh, Koprivnica. It's it's very early to to say, but I I think he could be a good addition. We can remember Borja Lopez was also a defender that came with some uh, background story of Barcelona and uh, yeah, in the squad of Barcelona B. Yeah, he was a good defender. So I. I believe that Hajduk uh, scouting ser- uh, services are good and uh, that he can prove uh, himself over there. Well, the one game he played was against Lokomotiva where he got the red card, where he basically stopped Zuni from getting a clear card chance for a goal. Uh-huh. So, his debut gone well. He was a really solid. It was a really solid game from him, from what I saw. So... I think it's a good addition, especially Astura is going to play free at the back. But that's going to leave out a lot of youngsters, as as I said. They're, 
there are going to be a lot of loans, especially I think in the summer. There are going to be a lot of loans, a lot, a lot of youngsters going on loan. That's my prediction for the uh, next summer. What do you think about Hajduk? Uh, should they? I mean, it's realistically that they're going to fight for the second place, but should they yeah. be happy if they finish third? Well, with the away form, with the away form, they should be happy if they finish in the top three, basically. Third or second, they should be happy. But I predicted them third before the season. I predicted Rijeka second. But as the season has gone through, I actually think Hajduk is going to edge out because they have shown a little bit more than Rijeka. For me, at least, they have shown a little bit more. With Boric and Tudor, Boric, well, let's say Boric was a was a great manager for the games against Dinamo, because he got a win and a draw. But we are yet to see Tudor manage a game against Dinamo, so that's gonna be a great eternal derby, especially. Yeah, of course, it. it's a different state of mind for for the players, especially of Hajduk players, because they are motivated to to to. Uh, make some damage uh, to Dynamo, but uh, in the end, this is just two or three matches uh, in the season. In in general, despite Boric having a good record with Dynamo, we we know all how this ended. So, in in general, I also think that Hajduk getting a third place it, it should be okay for them because. Both Rijeka and Osijek are becoming very serious teams over the last few years. Well, yeah, Rijeka has become, and Osijek, especially after they beat PSV, they kind of made a name for themselves. Yeah. And Rijeka made their, their name known when they beat Stuttgart in the Europa League a few years back. Yeah, that was a crazy and, match. I still remember this Mujanovic goal. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I, I remember it too. Yeah. And and the and the win against Milano, of course, that's the way it's. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As we are on the topic of Rijeka, let's speak a little bit about their transfer window. They have brought in. Well, they have brought in a good player in Pires from Hoffenheim on a six-month loan with an option to buy. We'll see today if if he's gonna play. I actually don't know if he's gonna play, but we'll see if Rosman's gonna pick him for the game. But do you think he's gonna be a good player? Because I think he's a great addition to the team of Rijeka. Uh Wasn't Cholak also loaned from Hoffenheim? Yeah, Cholak was also yeah. loaned. Yeah, and we know that they are quite satisfied with him, and I think he's a he's a good player. So let's hope this will happen uh, in, in this case also. I'm 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 really I don't have enough information and I haven't watched him ever. So I anything I say would be a wild guess. But we if we see the history of business with Hoffenheim, uh, there is a good chance that he will be good. Well, he has gone on a lot of loans. He hasn't played a lot for Hoffenheim. But he has gone a lot on a lot of loans, so he has experience, obviously, in Europe. So, yeah. Rijeka, 
I think they have got a great plan on defense with Pires. Now, as we are on the, as we are speaking about, as we spoke about the race, let's speak about the Taro race. That doesn't exist. Let's be honest, it doesn't yeah, exist. Yeah. As Dinamo basically are running with the trophy, they are twelve points uh, in front of Hajduk, but they have a game. Uh, they haven't played the game today, so they, that could be 15 points ahead of Heidi. Yeah. So, do you think anyone's gonna stop Dynamo in the near future of like 5 to 10 years? Well, this is the, the question that is interesting, but it's not so much related to football. I think it's more related to the politics uh, strategy and business because we know that two biggest clubs in Croatia Hajduk and Dinamo they they are having uh, let's say different strategies and they are having different issues so if nothing changes I can see Dinamo domination continuing in the following 5 to 10 years and uh, I wish to Hajduk to, to to take someone, some club legend, either is that is Pletikosa or Tudor or Boksic, someone that is well known over there, and someone need some of their legends needs to be involved over there and try to 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 make things better, not as a coach, but as a general manager, chairman, or, or something. Because when you see the passion that fans have for Hajduk, it is really sad that they are waiting for the title for 15 years. Well, yeah, the, they haven't won a trophy since the last uh, Tudor term when they won the Croatia Cup against Lokomotiva. That was in 2013. So, yeah, uh, seven years have passed and they haven't won the trophy. But they yeah. have been in one cup final that was against Dynamo in 2018, where you could say that if there was war, Hajduk would have won the cup. Yeah, and and the good thing with war is that it is helping Hajduk in recent matches. So if that is a turning point for them, uh, I'd be happy. I, I mean, I support Dynamo, but I think having a good Hajduk Rijeka and Osijek will help. All, all the teams in Croatia and eventually the, the national team. Well, yeah, obviously because of the pr- production of young players. Yeah. As we are on the topic of VAR, well, you said your opinion on, to me in your before the podcast, but <laughs> can you tell it to the people? Uh, I'm having a lot of fights about VAR with my friends or on Twitter, but I'm a huge VAR fan and I, I love it. I think it's it's killing passion. We can see this in England, but I think it will help to to have a fair game. And I'm I'm glad that we see VAR in in Heinel also. So there are some disadvantages of, of this, uh, obviously. But in general, I think VAR is a good addition. Do you also support VAR? Yeah, I support VAR, but in my opinion, it has to be fast because. The, the way they make calls is just slow. Like, 
uh, yesterday in the game against Kaido can sign below, but it took four minutes to make the call. Two minutes, um, the ref spent talking to the to the VAR people in the room, and two minutes to make the call. So I think it's it's a good it's a good thing in my opinion. It's a good thing. It's gonna bring, of course, the it's gonna be more fair game with VAR. Yeah. Yeah, Let, let's hope that uh, this is only a starting point and they will be faster in, in the future. Well, yeah, this is the first time yeah. war is yeah. used in yeah. Croatia, so yeah. I think it, it can only go up from here. So, yeah. so that's it for final part. Let's speak about the national team. The preparation for the Euros is basically, let's say, scheduled. The tournament in Qatar, we are going to play against Switzerland and Portugal. Do you think those are very opposition? Because I think those are the best teams we could find to, to prepare us for the Euros. Well, since Dalic joined, I think we all can be satisfied with the choice of the friendly matches. Even before Russia, we had Senegal in Osijek, which was a good preparation for... Uh, for Nigeria, we had a Brazil in, London, in Liverpool, which was excellent preparation for uh, Argentina. So I fully, fully trust Dalic here. In general, I fully trust Dalic, which, you know, which is a bit controversial on Twitter sometimes. Uh, Switzerland and Portugal are good choices. The, the only concern and the thing I don't like is the venue, I don't know, it's a tournament in Qatar, but why not to play in, in Europe? But this is beyond me, of course, and beyond fans. And it, it is related with something else that is probably not related to, to the preparation for Euro and football in general. Well, yeah. But in my terms, if you, if you ask me, those are great opposition because we are playing against the previous European champions in Portugal. And we are playing against Switzerland, who have had a great run in the qualifications. So, yeah, and we are playing, of course, the friendly against Turkey. And most likely we are going to play, uh, let's say, the repeat of the final against France. That is yet to be official, but I think we all know it's, it's most likely to have. It's most likely. Yeah, I mean, uh, Turkey and France are the, probably the two nations that we will have for the rest of our lives the most painful memories. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Turkey 2008, France 2018. I'm glad that people in general are not feeling pain about the loss of the final of the World Cup. This is the biggest pain in football life I ever got because losing a World Cup final in a match that we were better than most of the match, it, it's very painful. So I'm not looking forward to, to see Turkey and France against Croatia because it will awake many, many painful memories. But definitely, I agree. Great choices, all, all these matches that you mentioned. Yeah. So what do you think? Who's going to be left out of the team for the Euro? And who's going to be dropped in? It's very hard to predict because there is still four months and uh, let's hope we will avoid injuries, which is, I think, unrealistic to, to expect. 
we were very lucky before Russia with injuries. No one got injured. Yeah. Uh, now we have problem with Perisic. Uh, regarding the form of the players, it's so hard to predict. Look at Rebic. He he is now a Milan hero. Three weeks ago, n- no one was thinking about him. Uh, we have Brekalo that is on the bench lately in Wolfsburg. Uh, it will be hard. Even even Pašalić was on the bench yesterday, but he came in and scored a winner against Roma. Yeah, uh, after just 19 seconds. 19 yeah, seconds. Yeah. Of, a, lot, a lot of things can change until uh, June. And uh, talking about list, especially in midfield, it's going to be even harder when we talk about this in May. Yeah, it's gonna yeah, it's gonna be a lot harder. Yeah. And for example, the defenders, who knows what will happen with Nikola Katic? Will uh, Filip Benkovic maybe play even though he's in uh, Bristol now on the bench, uh, he was yesterday on the bench, but he's also a good addition. What will happen with uh, Marin Pongracic who didn't start well in at Wolfsburg? Yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, Lovren, he's not playing in Liverpool, but he definitely deserves to be in in the team. Uh, a lot of a lot of questions, and uh, I think it's too early. What what are your predictions? Well, let's not. Well, I don't know what the predictions are. Still, as you said, uh, four months ago. But let's speak about Versailles because he has come back from injury to Atletico, and he has played. He has started three games, and the the last one they played, he was on the bench. He has in the three games he started, he was good, but he was average at at best. So, do you think he's gonna be ready? Because I think he is gonna be ready. Let's just hope he he doesn't get injured because we don't have the right the we don't have a replacement we don't have a replacement for for the right back. Yeah, we have Tin Yedvai, but this is also a very controversial topic <laughs> to yeah. to talk about Yedvai on the right back. Uh, well, Versailles obviously had a chance to go on loan somewhere, but obviously Simone told him that he needs him. He has a Trippier and Arias on the same position as a, as a right back. Yeah. Uh, it's a, a bit cruel to say, but Versailles was lucky that Trippier is injured. As I know, yeah, he's going to cool. back. Uh, he's going to come back come back soon. Uh, Versailles played three matches. Uh, in the starting lineup of Atletico, he was benched yesterday, but he came on in 59th minute, I think. Yeah, he came on. And when you look at the schedule of Atletico Madrid, I think Simeone wanted to save him for the Champions League venue that is coming up. Yeah. So I'm hoping that Versailles will start uh, in his uh, Champions League match. And this is a good sign. And I, as you said, I hope he will avoid injuries and um, he will continue to to play uh, to be as much as ready he can be for, for the Euros. Okay, let's speak about one topic before we end the podcast. Okay. That's the striker position. Okay. Kramaric uh, yesterday got a goal and an assist for Hoffenheim in the 3-2 loss against Wolfsburg. So... He has started performing, let's just say that. And from when he has come back, he has started performing for Hoppenheim. But the question is, who's going to start at the Euros, Petkovic or Kramaric? What do you think? Well, my opinion is, 
Petkovic has shown himself. Let's be honest, he has shown himself in the qualifications. But so has Kramaric in the previous, of course, in the previous years. But if Petkovic doesn't perform in the high NL, I don't think he should start. Uh, but he's shown himself, of course, at the national, on the national level. But he hasn't been been that good uh, at Dynamo. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a very very difficult doubt, and uh, I think Dalic is uh, having problems with with these questions because Kramaric saved our asses more than once. He saved us in uh, this uh, historical match against Ukraine away when we booked our playoff tickets against Greece. Uh, he scored a goal against Russia in quarterfinals that also saved us. He's yeah. performing all the time in Hoffenheim. All the time. Yet again, his style of play is not the perfect for the position that we need, which is a central striker that... Yeah, basically used to be the Manjukic. Yeah, Manjukic and, and Kalinic. And then we had Kramaric playing there, and remember, he, he scored on Wembley against England. So yeah. he's always, always performing. And this is my, let's say, issue with him. Petkovic, and his style is perfect for this position. He's uh, very good on the ball. He's skilled. He had the chance. He proved himself. He's excellent at this position of central striker. And I think this doubt doubt will be solved uh, in these friendly matches. And I think yeah. very, very late against Turkey and France in June. They will both get a chance and it will be similar like a Russia situation when Dalic had doubt who will start Kalinic and Mandzukic. But let's hope that on Euros, the the one who will be dropped will not be angry and uh, packing his suitcase back to Croatia after first yeah. match. Well, I think that's it for the first podcast. So yeah. thank yeah. you, Herman, for being here as a guest. Thank you. Oh, oh. And uh, hope uh, those people who will listen to this will enjoy this. This is our first time, so give us some credit. We will we will get better by time, and I hope we will continue and have uh, more guests and uh, discuss these interesting topics about the best sport in the world. Yeah, as you said, it's the first podcast, so <laughs> don't be too harsh. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. okay, we're gonna leave it here. So yeah. goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.